Previously on Party in Peril. Name's Emily. Do you often carry around dead dark elves? Well, he drinks a lot, I can say that. But he's also pretty funny and good in a fight. If I heard correctly, he's also your father. That's right. I mean, I guess. It's not like I really know him much. I'm considered a tiefling. They or we still exist, and I aim to find my family. Jack, there's a man in the back of the room. How are you, son? Where have you been? We could rule atop the ashes of this world. If there's nothing to rule over, what's the point of ruling? And he ruffles your hair a little bit and stands up, <laughs> pulls you into an embrace. I hope we meet again soon, son. And you hear the door close as he exits. But then the door opens again, and a tall silhouette fills the frame against the dim light. A silhouette with pointed ears. Oh, so you've all gone for a drink without me. <laughs> then Shepard Black walks into the tavern, his familiar sly smile on his scarred face. And Jack, you feel your pockets where you've been hiding the, the coin and the key. And you realize they're gone. Just outside the city of Arnhem, Scotty Six Fingers Rathorn waits just inside the edge of the forest of the south. In the distance, he sees the ominous Red Tower sprouting up from the large lake at the center of the town. He watches as two figures approach, one of them the familiar Sedicious, his pale snake-like face showing no hint of emotion. The other figure is hidden beneath robes and a hood but he has the unmistakable slender body of the vampires that he's witnessed of late. Does the queen of vampires actually come to reward me herself? I see no wagons full of riches, as was my price. Sedicious holds out a clawed hand. The coin and the key. Your reward awaits you. Rathorn smiles and produces both the coin and the key from within the glove of his right hand and drops them in the lizard man's palm. Now, reward him. The hooded figure steps forward and lowers its hood. It's now that Rathorn notices the hint of blood along the cloak and the trail of blood that the figure left behind when it walked and it dawns on him. The name of this legendary vampire flickers in his mind just as he hits the ground, reaching for the hole in his neck where his throat had just been. He tries to breathe, but all he feels is the warm liquid filling his lungs, and then he feels nothing. Bring the body. We will add it to the others as we prepare our defenses against those who would stop us. 
Within, we deliver this world to our queen. It's been several days since you left the village of Eslam. It was a bittersweet goodbye, and Shepard kissed his daughter Emily farewell and rejoined Sarah and the two of you, Jack and Avador, on the road to Arnhem. A heavy cloud of guilt and despair kind of hangs over you, knowing the ultimate weapon is now in the enemy's hands, and the four of you likely face an army of scourge-blooded. Now having the memories of both Edmund Halsey and Von Drill, Shepard has been able to share what Von Drill knew of the Council's plan, that their queen will unlock the power in the coins to awaken the Celestials and use their energies to plunge the world into permanent night at full moon, where both the Council and the Order will be at their most powerful, and then manipulate them into destroying the kingdoms of her enemies. No one has had much to say as you travel along. Sarah and Jack are in the covered wagon, pulled by a team of two horses, and Avador and Shepard are riding atop two separate horses of their own. As night draws near on the evening before you would arrive at Arnhem, you make camp, and you sit around the fire knowing that this could be the final moment of peace the four of you will ever share together. And Sarah is the first to finally break the silence. Jack, no one blames you for the coin and the key. I do hope that you know that. Do you think we're going to make it out of this? Absolutely. I have faith in all of us. And I think as long as we're together, we can stand against anything. That's how it's always been since we've met. The four of us has always overcome every attack, every obstacle. Even when things looked like we would never make it out, we always have. I... Put my hand over on hers, and I just say, I trust you. She pats you on the head and, and then kind of gives you a close hug. Well, seeing how uh, I feel like I've lived a few lives, what's one more? You know, we'll we'll get through this. I'm, I'm, who knows what I'll end up after that? I, I, I tend to keep fumbling my way through things, so I'm sure this will be no different. What say you, Avador? I'm just curious as how the humans will survive this. I'm pretty sure our kind will be able to see another day. But I'm here for you. I'm here for all you. You know, humans. that is a, a very good point. You know, th really, they just want to kill all the humans and elves and dwarves and all those things. But uh, us um, more discomforting looking folk, we should be fine, right? Uh, that's fine. Sorry, Jack and Sarah. <laughs> but hey, we, did somebody say my name? <laughs> we do need the humans to stay alive for the mead, you know? Oh, that is a good point. They do make some great mead. Well, I, I definitely would like to stay alive if that is an option. So, but thank you for the levity, <laughs> Shepard. I think. <laughs> Sarah kind of kind of says a, a few little prayers and stuff like that as things are kind of winding down and oh is this the episode in game of thrones where 
uh, Arya loses her virginity. This, basically, and everybody, it, yes. You know, this they, is, they crown each other. Yeah. Uh, they knight each other. This is that moment. If anyone wants to lose their virginity, now's the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just want to address the whole group and say, like, uh, whatever happens at the end of all this, I just want each and every one of you to know that I've come to consider you family and I love you all. And I'm sorry, because I know some of this is my fault, regardless of what you might say. Jack, it's not your fault. If if it wasn't you, it would have been me, or it would have been Avador, or it would have been Sarah. Sarah kind of like gives him, shoots him a glance, like, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have lost. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely would not have been me, but okay. I mean, we're a, a, a party of some um, ill luck. I would say. You might even say in peril. We're a party that does constantly seem to be in peril. So (laughs) regardless, things end up the way they end up, and whatever happens, it happens. I agree with Sarah's sentiments that as long as we combat it together, I think we will continue to come out on top. And I'm not going to say it, but yes, I, I have feelings for you all, that's as far as you get from me. And and he just kind of like, he gives Sarah a little punch in the shoulder a little bit. And Sarah, again, gives him kind of a glance, like a stop. It was my mission to go and find my kind, my family, other tieflings like me, as, as I had been curious, but I found them in you, in all of you. You all are my family. You all took me in without a doubt of how I am and who I am and and as curious as I was to just jot down your actions and and learn from your kind, I, I realized that we are much more alike. I'm very honored to be known and be called as family as I see you all the same. Sarah kind of looks up and she says, yeah, whatever the Ecclesia used to consider other races and whether they're dorn blooded scourge blood none of that matters the ecclesia at some point lost its way as did i i am glad to have met you all and be a part of this family and i'm glad that you would have me despite what my former order used to do used to hound your people and I can't help but feel that the Ecclesia is somewhat responsible for the the anger that these vampires and werewolves and other races therein feel towards the rest of this world. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances that caused all of this. And I'm ready to face it together and atone for the sins of all of us. She gets up and starts kind of, you know, taking off armor, getting ready to settle in for the night. Everyone keeps their virginity. <laughs> Jack's like, shit. <laughs> I just I curl up into the fetal position, just like, oh, oh man. Mm. It seemed like my moment. Could have got to the red district real quick. <laughs> well, wait, hold on. What was it in uh, the Spider-Man series? Like, oh, I've got to go to the oh, lab. I've got to go to the lab. <laughs> <laughs> Jack heads to the lab. Uh, masturbation joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old masturbation joke. 
Um, all right, everybody kind of settles in for the night, gets a, a good night's rest. At dawn the next morning, you pack up and you start moving on, winding through a spiling trail towards Arnhem. Around mid-morning, as you're closely approaching your destination, the horses begin to start acting kind of nervous, start start whining a little bit. Avador, the one that, that you're riding, kind of bucks just, just a tiny bit. Whoa, friend, whoa. Should I speak with him? Should I use animal friendship and to see if it'll give us any information? It's whatever you want to do, buddy. You tell me what you <laughs> want to do. All right, I'll use animal friendship so I can speak with the horse. Okay. I sense that you're nervous. Are we close? The horse won't understand really what 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 close is, but like he gives that uh, he he whines, and you can take from that. Um, that he feels threatened. Is it whiny or whinny? I don't know. It's one of those. I think it's whinny, <laughs> but I don't know. The, ma- dogs I don't whine, talk about horse, horse noises whinny. enough, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, he what? We're not what the McElroys. Do? We don't that have vast horse knowledge like they do. <laughs> um, yes, the, 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 the horse feels threatened. So you, you know that much, Avador. We must be close, my friends. At least the air has changed, and, and our friends here, they sense it. One of the, the other horses, the, one of the ones attached to the wagon, really starts bucking and, and kicking and, and stuff like that, and the, and the others kind of start doing similar things. So um, Sarah is, is, is going to unhook the horses from the, the wagon real quick before the wagon starts getting like overturned or something. She she starts doing that while um, I'm gonna have Avdor and Shepard both make acrobatic saving throws because otherwise you're gonna get knocked right off the horses because they are just they are bucking like crazy right now. So go ahead and do that. Uh, acrobatics five because I five. I'm not okay. I have no modification. So you're you're trying to talk to the this horse and it it kicks and bucks. And you um, end up not like falling like flat on your your butt or anything, but you kind of um, in trying to hold on, you you start kind of sliding off, and you do kind of fall and land on your your like your side on the on the ground, <laughs> just enough to this. knock the wind out of you a little bit. Shepard actually just hops off really really quickly, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa! All right, friend, just do your thing. Have your your little tantrum. Leave me out of it." <laughs> And and grabs his his packs and stuff off of the horse real quick, um, and the horses actually dart away uh, into the woods. And from above you, you hear a snarl, and a werewolf jumps down from the trees, claws slashing through one of the horses as it's trying to escape, and the blood sprays all over the ground. And three more horses drop down. Slat earth horses. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, oh, three horses three drop horses out of the great. trees and go, nay, motherfucker. <laughs> three more werewolves drop down out of the trees, slashing at, at you as they land. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking horses. Yeah. No, it's fine. Roll an initiative real quick. A 16. Nine. Okay, Jack, you are the only one that was not really surprised 
as uh, you saw the the werewolves um, plopping down, you were the first one to spot it. So you are first up. What does the spacing look like between them? There is one werewolf that plopped down kind of um, towards the the front of where you were all facing. There is a the uh, wagon is still there. The other three are are somewhat behind where the wagon is. So two of them are on kind of either side. One is behind the wagon, so you don't really have a clear shot at him yet, but he doesn't have a clear shot at you either. You've got the two that are have a little bit of partial cover from that wagon, depending on which way you guys choose to fight them. And then you've got the one that is right out in the open, right in front of you. How far would you say the one in the front of us is? He's only like 10 feet away from you guys. He's very close. Okay, so... But you were very so, close. So they don't really see us yet in the wagon, right? Would I be able to take advantage of a stealth attack on the one in front of us since he's only 10 feet away? So so the one in front would have... Um, um, well, yeah, I, it, it is a covered wagon. With, with the look of that, he would actually probably be able to see you. Now, the others... Because the holes of a of a covered wagon are usually at the front, so he, the one in front can see you. The other ones probably wouldn't have seen you yet. Okay. Well, I'm more confident going after the one in front of us since he's okay. solo, and I don't want to take on three wolves accidentally. So, I'll try to just do like a a charging kind of attack on him. Leap at him on the okay. one in front of us. Sure. And I, I guess it'll be with dual blades. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, scimitar and dagger in the offhand. Ooh, nice. Good start. I guess, uh, yeah, hit DC on the scimitar plus three. So 21 on the scimitar attack. Uh, absolutely hits. Okay. And I always forget, how do we do the second one? Do we roll another hit to see if it hits? Yeah. But I don't get hit modifiers on the offhand, right? Well, no, you can still add your your plus to hit on the offhand. Oh, just not the bonus damage. Just not the bonus damages and stuff like that. Okay. So if you have like plus to bludgeoning or piercing or something like that, you don't apply that to the offhand. Okay, well, I got a 23 on the dagger, so. That hits. Yeah. <laughs> Both hit. Nice. Okay, so damage on the short sword is a D6 plus three, or the scimitar. Six damage on the scimitar, and then straight two since there's no bonus eight damage total awesome okay so you you lunge at this this werewolf and you kind of like um sink the the skimtar into fuck are we even saying that right man i forgot to say it too i was like is it simtar skimtar please let's look it up because i don't want to yeah i'm sure there's like a youtube video i was like how to say it's like samtar or like what this whole time it's been samtar scimitar Scimitar. Sim, but is it scimitar? Scimitar. 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 So three syllables. I need to remember I that. I found a British person saying it in conversation. They said scimitar. Oh, man. Yeah, but they also say like laboratory and schedule. <laughs> schedule. And that's how you say it, should I? <laughs> I need to update my schedule. My schedule. <laughs> we'll go with that. All right. Scimitar. That's well, you Go with either scimitar or scimitar. 
scimitar sounds fine. fine. Okay, I, I, that's kind of what okay. we were saying. Yeah, so you you plunge that that scimitar into like towards the ribs and 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 then follow it up with with a dagger in the same spot before pulling it back. The the werewolves are up next. Crap. Okay, so the so the the one that you just attacked, Jack. It was enough that you you really threw him off with that attack because even though he saw you, he was fo- focused more on the the other three, um, and then he was not expecting that. So his he tries to attack you and it gets nowhere. The one at the back of the wagon, he comes around the front and he isn't he hasn't attacked yet, but he is just kind of coming around the side on the right side of the wagon. So he's right next to the the other one that was there. And he's just kind of there like readying himself. Um, the one that was already on the right is going to attack. Sarah is going to take it basically claws add at her swipes two claws with, with each hand. Oh, did you see that they started doing digital dice on? Yeah. D and D beyond. I'm actually using digital dice right now. Oh, actually. cool. See, I, yeah, uh, I wonder if that's, I mean, as much as I like physical dice, like online, I wonder if that's like, would be a better way for us, the four of us to do it. Or do you, be. do you care? I don't, I don't, I, I don't care either way. I'm just doing it right now because I don't remember where my die are right oh, now okay. from the move. Yeah. So I'm just using this. Um, so Tara, Tara, God, what is wrong with my face? <laughs> In my mouth. So um, Sarah takes 10 damage from that werewolf. The one on the left is going to go for Avador. Avador manages to dodge out of the way um, and it does not hit. Shepard is going to um, turn to the, the werewolf that attacked Sarah and he's going to multi attack with his crossbow and his uh his hand crossbow and his rapier so he's gonna he's gonna slash at the one that attacked sarah and then he's gonna use the hand crossbow to hit the one that attacked jack uh both hit uh 10 damage to the wolf that hit sarah jack the one that you had attacked and had tried to attack you in kind seven damage nice Um, uh, Avador's turn. Yeah, it sucks that like the werewolves are around us and they're not like bunched up in one. Because I right. I wanted to do this one spell, but then we would we people would start throwing up <laughs> again, oh, again, again. Oh, no, you don't want to be in that cloud. <laughs> All right, then I'll just use confusion on those three. Uh, it is the spell assaults with twist creatures' minds, spawning delusion of provoking controlled action. Each creature in a ten foot radius sphere. Oh, so it's a sphere. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wait, does that include can, us? Though? I think that'll include us, huh? Centered on Each a point you there. choose yeah. within a range must succeed on a wisdom saving. Okay, so I could just like toss it yeah. behind them and make sure that they're within that. That's true. 10 right. foot radio. So it can, at least the center can be behind them. I think you could still get three of them within that. Yeah. Yeah, if you um, casted it behind them. Yeah, like so if the center is here and then I can still do that. But I need to throw each creature. Okay. So point you choose within a range must succeed on a wisdom saving throw when you cast a spell or be affected by it. Or be affected okay. by it. So I need to toss So if they 
if they pass, no, nothing happens. Okay, so I have to beat a 14 face on a wisdom throw. That's rough. On a wisdom, that's gonna be tough. Um, All three of them. They're not wise, so we'll see what happens here. All three of them failed. (laughs) Okay, so all three of those werewolves are now confused. And did you see what the effect is of that? I'm about to do that right now. I'm just going to roll. I think I'll roll the the same effect for all three. So all three of them are so confused that they can't they can't move or take any actions on their their next coming turn. They can't do anything. Great. Nice. Um <laughs> So the three werewolves that, that got affected, they all of a sudden this this kind of uh, the spell gets cast and all of a sudden they're like looking around and their eyes are really wide. Like their pupils are all dilated and you can see their mouths sag open with like their tongues hanging out and they're just kind of slobbering a bit. And they're just standing there like not doing anything. Now, the <laughs> the one werewolf on the other side of Avador that was not is just looking at the others like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't understand. Sarah slams her, her war hammer uh, down against this, this other werewolf that's looking around like, what the hell is going on? I don't understand what just happened. And she just crushes its shoulder for a large, large, large amount of damage of 16. Woohoo, nice. Um, and Sarah then summons her spiritual weapon, her glowy hammer guy, and then she slams that one down, tossing it against the creature. Oh my god! Twelve more damage to the same one. Um, to the same one. Ooh. So th- that werewolf uh, is bloodied. It is now Jack's turn. Is it? So she attacked the one that that we were attacking. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna try to. So Sarah's right next to him, correct? Also, yeah. Okay, yeah. then I can. I mean, you guys are all so close. And I can get a sneak attack in, just based on proxy. So I'm gonna go for that. Nineteen on the first one. Okay. Well, I can tell you this much. Yes. It's because even just that one hit, like you can tell me how this ends okay. with this <laughs> werewolf. Tell me, uh, how does it end? Okay, so he's standing there. I I've seen Sarah just go wild on him and he's sitting there bloody kind of panting uh tongue hanging out just not because he's confused but because he's he's almost he's dead. near death and so i take my dagger and i try to kind of slash his throat from because i'm short and just like i assume he's kind of taller i yes. i reach up and just sort of like wave it across his throat just to try to end it and Oof. yeah, w- without, I, I'm not trying to torture him or anything, just trying to end it as quickly as I can yeah. so we can get to the other three behind us. Uh, I don't even realize what's going on with them. I just see them like stupefied, but I wasn't sure what Avador just did to them. So okay. yeah, it's just sort of a, a quick move to try to finish it off. And it just slashes across the throat, spraying blood against you and all over the ground. And that werewolf falls backwards and is no longer moving. Now, it would be the other werewolf's turn, but they are all completely confused and basically, as you said, stupefied. (laughs) They're not moving. Now, Shepard, seeing that the others are confused, he's like, well, well, that's very 
lucky. I guess we can dispatch of these pretty easily. Shepard grabs his rapier and also like just walks up to one of them and holds his hand crossbow literally right in front of one of their eyes, ready to just just blow the, the bolt right through its eye. When a spear flies out of the woods and impales right through the neck of that werewolf. Damn. And it falls to the ground dead. Ooh. And then some other large figure with a huge sword comes running out of the same location and quickly decapitates not only the other werewolf, but the one next to it with one swipe. So he takes out all three of them with those two blows, basically? Yep. Nice. When that happens, for one, you hear a familiar voice that you haven't heard in a long time. Oi, it's my friend, the coal elf. And Retlin, the drunk guard from long, long ago, (laughs) steps out from the trees. And then you also notice that the large man with the huge sword that just lopped off the heads of the other two werewolves now stopping and, and standing next to you is Sir Titus Alexander the Gauntlet uh, with his giant black obsidian gauntlet and the huge sword that the gauntlet requires to um, to hold the sword. And the gauntlet kind of looks you all over and you can see that although he he is still in his, his armor of the Ecclesia, that the sigil much like Grunwald and, and Sarah has been removed and his armor is very battered and um, he is looking pretty bad, pretty worse for the wear. Um, lots of stitches all over his body, lots of bruising, uh, missing part of one ear. Um, he looks a lot rougher than the the very put together figure that you guys remember from long, long ago when he first sort of recruited you guys going into the uh, crypt. But Sarah approaches the gauntlet, face determined, and she slams him in the chest with her war hammer. And he stumbles backwards and readies his sword to swing at her. And she says, you, you turned your back on us. You were going to kill my friends after you duped us into helping you down in those crypts. The gauntlet straightens himself up and he's like, You crazy bitch. And he swings his sword down in a chopping motion that Sarah catches with her shield, which she grabs quickly from the ground and then aims up with with her elbow. But the strength of his swing dents the the shield and and she grunts as pain courses through her arm. Shepard slams in his uh, shoulder into the gauntlet, knocking him sideways and back a few feet. And he says, don't do it love and the gauntlet says I was manipulated just like you were these scourge blood had already infiltrated us in the ecclesia you can't trust them any of them and he's pointing now kind of at Shepard and and also towards Abador you're a traitor to the faith if you truly had embraced the light instead of using it as a weapon for personal gain maybe you would have noticed the corruption to begin with Instead, you and your group of paladins acted like thugs, bringing judgment and suffering to those who you pleased instead of protecting and serving as an example of righteousness, as was your oath. 
the gauntlet kind of maintains a an icy glare at Sarah. And then he drops his sword and slowly removes the large black gauntlet from his hand, letting it drop to the ground. And then he carefully moves down to his knees with his arms outstretched. Fine. If that's who I am, then I'm no better than the creatures we face. So kill me already and be done with it. Sir, we see that you're in trouble just as us. Sarah, you are correct. But should you wish, sir, to atone for your mistakes, you would be our ally, not our enemy. Help us in saving the world. Help us so that you may see another day. Retlin's just kind of looking over like, Ooh, uh, clearly there was a lot going on between you all that I never saw. I'm just going to let this play out. He's just kind of looking at Shepard because he remembers Shepard as a coal elf and he just thinks that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and Shepard's kind of like, you, you can see he has his, his sword and his crossbow aimed straight at the gauntlet as a just in case, but he looks kind of perplexed, like he's kind of torn on what to do. And then Sarah walks up towards the gauntlet and like looks him over. Because now that he's on his knees, because he's a big guy, they're almost actually face to face, even with him like kneeled down. And she looks over at Avador and nods and then picks up the black metal gauntlet from the ground and hands it back to its owner. She says, if you want to die, then earn a righteous death. He picks the gauntlet up, puts it on, grabs a sword, and sheaths it without another word. But he nods a nod of uh, thanks to Avador. Now Retland speaks up again and says, No, I don't want to be a bother, but this town here sounded much more lively last time I were in town, but don't really hear anything going on over there right now. And sure enough, as you move forward and peek through the trees, the town looks and sounds very, very empty. But through the maze of, of the homes and the other buildings and stuff within, you can see the large red tower rising above them all. And you know from all of your travels and information that that tower is where you want to go. And that tower is cursed, correct? Or at supposedly. Least that's what I wrote. Yes, supposedly cursed. Cursed. Yeah. How do we want to approach? I suppose we do need to get to the tower. We know that that's where they're all headed. And I'm guessing that that's where they've taken the final coin and key. If we're going to procure them from our enemy, that's our destination. I agree. I think we should go. What uh, time of day is this? Uh, it's it's morning. Still morning. So if, if we're going to equate it to like um, our, our regular time, I would say this is probably about um, between 9 and 10 a.m. Damn, that's early. I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. So as you uh, begin walking through the town, passing home after home, you start to see it. 
a few specks of blood here and there, a broken door there. And the further you go, the more you smell blood. And then the rancid smell of rotting flesh strikes you almost like a mace. And from somewhere nearby, maybe it was an empty doorway or maybe it was from somewhere behind you, it's hard to tell, you hear a moan. And then another moan from somewhere else. And then another one, even closer than the other. And Rutland says, Oh, I don't care for this so much, now I don't. And everyone's gripping their weapons really tightly and looking around suspiciously. And then suddenly a chorus of groans and moans and scraping flesh and bone against the gravel of the road is coming from behind you and getting closer. And Sarah outstretches a hand and mutters something inaudible as her fingertips kind of glow for a quick second. And Sir Alexander, the gauntlet, does the same. And then they both suddenly snap back at attention and look at each other with wide eyes. And Sarah says, run. And you all take off running as fast as you can forward. And your group starts weaving this way and that around torn buildings and destroyed homes over dead horses and overturned wagons. But then it happens and you turn a corner just as you hear Sarah gasp and you come face to face with a horde of zombies. And more move around behind you from all sides and you realize this was the townspeople. And now the entire town of undead has you completely surrounded. Again, roll initiative. Oh... I got an eight. I got an eight. <laughs> okay, both of you roll uh, one more time. Initiative? You, well, just roll to see which one of you two is, is uh, going to okay. be before the other. Probably should I. I just got a three. Go ahead. Okay. 19. Why can't you have rolled up for your initiative? I know. That's what I tried. <laughs> so, I'll make, so I'm going to just change Avador to like a nine, basically, and then you can be an eight. Yeah. How, how many this zombie villagers are we talking? <clears throat> Uh, we're probably talking several hundred. Oh. O- only <laughs> several hundred, okay. Only several hundred. That's it. Don't worry about it, man. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> um, here's the thing about this zombie horde um, that you guys are, are probably going to uh, appreciate. There's so many of them. You guys are not going to have to roll to hit them. Like, you're just going to be able to hit. Oh. Anywhere you swing, you're going to be hitting something. Right. With this, Shepard is the uh, the first one to go. And the things are going to play a little bit differently here. Also, as far as what the, um, the NPCs are going to do, I'm not going to spend as much time with all of these because there's going to be, you know, there's like four NPCs right now with you guys. So I won't spend as much time, like, figuring out what all of them does. I just have a die for them and can say how much damage they're going to do. And I'm not going to go into the specifics and stuff of it. Mm. So I'm taking the weapons that, that Shepard typically uses. I'm just going to roll those, say a number. Sarah's going to roll a number. The gauntlet's going to roll a number. Retland's going to roll a number. Um, and just to make things a little bit quicker for everybody. So it's not going to take super long. I won't be kind of explaining a whole lot. So that's going to be more focused on 
the two of you, and then the zombies. I'm going to need you to do 100 rolls, one for each of the zombies' rolls. attacks and dodges. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to lump all the NPCs into the same roll, so the the four NPCs are going first. With their powers combined, <laughs> I am now Captain Zombie. So Sh- Shepard, you see Shepard immediately swing a sword, and he fires a crossbow bolt into the head of one zombie before he drops the um, the crossbow and grabs his shield off his back and fends off a, a swing from another zombie towards him. Sarah is battering with her warhammer, spiritual weapon, flying around, hitting one zombie, hitting another. The gauntlet is swinging and lopping off heads with his giant sword, and Retlin is spearing zombies and trying to shove them away from the others. And the zombies are going to first focus their attention against... They're going to go for the gauntlet first, and we'll just kind of see what happens there. Uh, So a a horde of them kind of hits the gauntlet, um, they end up pulling a little bit of his his armor off as they're like grappling for him and stuff like that. Like some of his plate mail starts coming off and they're slashing and stuff at him. The gauntlet takes 22 damage. Dang. Avador. I will use Entangle. Grasping. And this is level one, y'all. <laughs> what does it do as you spell level up? Anything? Uh, I don't think it has that. Okay, grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20-foot square starting from a point within range. For the duration, these plants turn the ground into an area into difficult terrain. A creature in the area when you cast this spell must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by the entangling plants until the spell ends. A creature restrained by the plants can use its action to make a strength check against your spell save DC. On a success, it frees itself. I like that you're reading in character voice because to me that means that Avador is explaining <laughs> her spell just, as yeah. she's casting it. This is entangled <laughs> so range 90 feet. <laughs> so everyone knows what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they need to make a, uh, did you say a wisdom saving throw? They are strength saving throw. strength saving throw. Okay. Um I'm going to do that, and I'm going to warn you, their strength is big because they're such a big horde, but we'll see what happens here. And I need to be, I'm guessing, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, they they rolled a 20. I'm so sorry. <gasps> oh, dang. No. They completely okay. avoided that. No Does way. it, does so it we'll do say, anything on a fail? It doesn't. Okay. So we'll say that this is this is what happens there. So, so thorns in mass just start creeping up out of the ground, breaking through the the dirt and the, and the gravelly uh, roads of the town as you guys are in the center, pushing the, the zombie horde back a little bit. But there's just so many of them that they are trying to crawl across and they're, they're getting ripped apart as they're trying to climb over the thorns. But the ones getting torn apart are providing almost like pathways for the ones behind them. So they're literally just scrambling over the their fallen fellow zombified peoples and, and making it over this wall of thorns that Avador has put up. And now seeing that they're scrambling over it, there just seems to be no end. Jack, what is your move? What are you going to do? Is there anything uh, around that I guess that I could use as like a, I, I, I guess, could you describe the buildings around? Because we're in town or are we like out on the road? You're in the, you're in the town. You are like 
I'd say kind of like halfway through this town between where you were trying to get to. And, and like, I'll, I'll be really frank and honest and say, like, there's nothing within, like, nothing you would probably be able to get to at this point because you guys are so surrounded. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like, if there's any kind of, like, scaffolding or anything that I could potentially knock down, like, use my environment instead of trying to just, like, fight them one on one. If you can convince the gauntlet to toss you up in the air, you might be able to make it to a roof. Uh, Mr. Gauntlet, sir, could could you could you try to toss me up there? Just throw me on top of that roof. I've got an idea. Are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta hurry. He um grabs you with his with his offhand, does almost like a he kind of spins just a little bit, and then he throws you towards the the nearest roof. Uh, do an acrobatics, make it a, a actually a saving throw, and see what you get. I rolled a seventeen. My acrobatics is plus six. Uh, okay. Yeah, my yeah. saving throw on dex is plus six also. So yeah, twenty three basically. Okay, so you you land on the roof of this um, nearby home, this little like kind of hut home thing. So you're up on this roof now. What do you want to try to do from here? Um, and I can tell you that this this is made of. Um, mainly uh wood um the the walls are, are stone but the the roofing is is mostly wood there is um stone chimney kind of coming up out of the top of it bird poop on it uh, okay yeah no that that's an important detail that i really needed the bird poop mm-hmm. i'll take i'll take advantage of that um no okay so i have a uh, i have a vial of acid uh, on hand mm. so let okay. me kind of throw that down into the largest crowd of them that I can. Sure. And it's, uh, okay. uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know what the acid would do. It doesn't really have a, oh, wait, wait, here it is. As an action, you can splash the contents of this vial onto a creature within five feet of you or throw the vial up to 20 feet, shattering it on impact. In either case, make a ranged attack against a creature or object, treating an acid as an improvised weapon on a hit the target. Oh, just a target. Well, that's not what I want because that's not the whole crowd. Well, basically, so I can tell you that the uh, the zombie horde has like a, a group HP, and I'm just kind of looking at it as like for each point they lose, it's one of them dying. Oh, okay, so it's a so mass. so you could target the the horde, and like whatever damage, it would just be that many are are killed. Okay, I'll do that then. Throw my acid file. So as I said before, you're not gonna have to roll to hit because like there's so many that you're gonna uh, hit regardless. Okay. So just roll a two d six and we'll see how many get taken out. Four. Okay. So you toss the the vial down and uh, we'll say you see like four of the the zombies like making uh, their way over the top of those thorns, um, kind of coming up behind some of your friends where they haven't been able to uh, pay as much attention since you guys are surrounded. And the vial hits and cracks against one of them, and four of those zombies um, from the, the head down start disintegrating with the acid like burning, and they, they fall over. And and just for fun and flavor, we'll say, like, <laughs> one more zombie, um, a fifth zombie comes up and is trying to walk over them um, as they start, like, melting and stuff, and his feet actually touching the acid begin to give way as well, and he kind of falls, and he's not dead, but he is... Um, injured and kind of barring the way like at that point the other zombies are are unable to get over through that point so you've kind of 
given the others like a way to possibly get out because no other zombies are getting through on that side. Okay. And as a cunning action, I just, which is just a bonus action, I want to just sure. use a, a hide action so I can kind of bunker down as much as I can okay. to stay out of their sight while I try to come up with an idea for my next turn. Okay. We'll say um, that you kind of hunker down behind the chimney that's on top of that that roof. Okay. Shepard, Sarah, Retlin, and the Gauntlet, you can see that they are still like fighting so furiously and, and dozens of, of these creatures are coming down as, as they battle a total of, uh, with, with this turn of those four, a total of 39 zombies come down, but it still looks like there's hardly any end in sight. There's just so many. Now with the zombies turn, they are going to, um, oh, oh, okay. Retlin spears into um, a couple zombies, trying to to keep people off of uh, to keep them off of some of your companions. When his spear gets stuck, and then he's as he's trying to yank it out of it uh, out of the zombies, a couple of them grab his arms and and pull him through over the thorns into the the group of them. Jack, from your hiding space, you can kind of see from above just teeth and, and claws and stuff sinking into to Retlin, while the others, they can't see. He just disappears into this horde of zombies, but you can see that they are just tearing him to pieces, and his screams are suddenly cut short, and you hear nothing again from him. Oof as he disappears under the sea of the undead. Jeez. Avador's turn. <sighs> um, I will do Gust of Wind. It is. It comes as myself in a 60-foot line. How many zombies would you say are in front of me? So we'll say there's about 60 zombies. All right. I will use this. Gust of wind, a line of strong wind, 60 feet long and 10 feet wide, blasts from you in a direction you choose for the spell's duration. Each creature that starts its turn in the line must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 15 feet away from you in a direction following that line. Any creature in the line must spend two feet of movement for every one foot it moves when moving closer to you. So it doesn't do any damage, it just repels. It just it, pushes them it'll out. Push them back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a cool idea. Okay, let me, uh, we'll do that and we'll do a, a saving throw. So, Avador, you can kind of see her her um, hand outstretched and, and winds start kind of swirling around that, that hand. Like you can see some of the debris of uh, like rock, leaves, things like that start kind of swirling around and you can hear the, the wind begin to howl. Avador shoots out this big gust of wind and you see a bunch of zombies go flying every which direction as it opens up this big path kind of in the sea of, of the zombies and stuff like that. And with that wind blowing, it's hard for any other zombies that weren't hit to even like fill that space because of that huge gust of, of wind and, and, and the winds moving through it. Yeah, a, a good chunk of like 60 zombies just go flying every which direction away from where they uh, were just standing. Jack. I see these zombies that kind of pushed back and are kind of repelled by this wind that's sort of staying there. So I see them stuck sort of in place or uh, at least their movements impaired, whatever. 
I I want to I have a tinder box, so I want to use the dry cloth soaked in light oil that's that's in there. And then mm-hmm. I want to put that on the head of one of my arrows and try to fire that oh. into a large grouping of them where they're being repelled back into. Because I'm assuming okay. what what I'm thinking would happen is that it'll hurt whatever it hits, but also start like a little fire in that area that could either spread or even if it just stays there, the zombies are sort of stuck there anyway from the wind burning over the course of however long. Okay. So that's my idea. Um, so you um, so you attach this, this cloth to an arrow and you shoot the arrow that direction. When you do an arrow attack, how much... Uh, actually, just roll that damage for, for shooting your bow real quick. Uh, four damage. Okay. It sucked. This is this is uh, this is what we'll do. I want you to also roll. Hey, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. Like since I had <laughs> hidden the previous turn, I would have a stealth modifier to that, so I would have an advantage on this roll and a sneak attack. So let me re-roll. Well, actually, no, I'm not doing an attack roll because that's what I have advantage on. Um, yeah, but right, I do get yeah. the 4d6 extra for sneak attack. Yes. So let me do that. Thirteen extra damage. Okay. Also, roll 2d6 plus 3. Plus 3 after the... Okay, so 13. After that, 13. So 13 and 13. Okay, so with the the fire damage, you take out a total of 26 zombies. So you... uh, What happened is you um, you shot that fiery arrow, and it passed through several of these, like, rotting husks and um, caught fire onto them, and those ones that caught fire, the ones around them caught fire. So for every zombie that originally caught, there's like three or four others that that catch on fire. So for a total of 26 of them coming down and and just in a blaze. So now the other zombies are trying to stay away from those. So you guys have cleared quite a bit of a path there between the wind and the ones that are burning because now they're trying to keep away from that area completely. We were like, like combined, we were kind of like Fire Moses there. <laughs> yes, you were. Fire Moses. Part is, the zombies. Is Part thing. the zombies. Yeah, we, because I like, I like the imagery of me shooting that arrow and then that wind kind of blowing the flames across uh, to more zombies and kind of spreading it. I just think that would be kind of a cool effect. But 26, that's not mm-hmm. bad. And now Jack, because you are up where you are, like up on top of that that roof point and stuff. You notice when an arrow from somewhere across, across? <laughs> from somewhere across from where you had just shot all that, that fire and the wind had blown everyone away, you see an arrow come from that direction and sink into the eye socket of a zombie right near Avador. And then you sense some of the zombies kind of far out there because, I mean, there's still hundreds there. You sense some of them start turning that direction from where it came. And then, Jack, you in the distance, you can start seeing that body parts start kind of flying through the air. And you start noticing explosions of, of, of light in the distance. And standing up on this, this chimney, you can see the figures of Grunwald, Krog, and Jewel just laying waste to these zombies who are running at them now. Another arrow slams into another zombie, 
that was starting to try to scale that house where you are, Jack, noticing you up there. And you see Elros on the roof of an inn notching another arrow to his bow. And then you can also notice from where you are a narrow path starting to form from that inn to the space that you and Avador had cleared out. And leading that, uh, that path is Captain Stein and Piper carving their way through you. And above you, you hear, as a little blue bird appears and says, Time to get moving, kids. Heads towards that inn over there. We've got a safe house going on. And then he pops back out of existence. Everybody, listen to the bird. Go over there. <laughs> and I, I, they look at me. I'm just pointing over to the direction that I see everyone else moving towards. Okay. And, and I'm going to be kind of trying to scale the rooftops if they're close enough for me to do that and make my way over to there as well. You guys are still having to fight some of the zombies that are trying to close in. Um, those gaps and stuff. So, since I still have the gust of wind active, and as a bonus action, I can uh, continue using it and turn the spell to whatever direction I want, so I can just like oh, move that's the, awesome! The, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a bonus thing, a bonus action. Okay. So I will use okay. that. And like I know you said that it was coming out of my hands, but I had pictured myself as a Care Bear. You know, when like the rainbow comes out of the belly. <laughs> Okay. So I'm just like ready to like lift my shirt up and just <laughs> <laughs> like just wow. turn okay. turn the corner and just blast it so from the other side. Your belly button's shooting all of this uh, air. <laughs> so so you're care bearing it is I'm what you're saying. Care bearing these guys. Yeah. Okay. So so since that's a bonus action, you still have another action too if you want to take it. Um, that's up to you. So you pivot the air now, and now it's it's um, blowing all of the zombies away, um, and you have a clear path to the others. Um, if you want to do anything else, you can, but, I mean, at this point, it feels like you could probably just run right up. Yeah, I think I'm just going to start running, and I'm going to be like, okay. everyone, follow me. <laughs> As you turn your right. wind tummy over and <laughs> ward <laughs> off the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you are now you are connected with Stein and Piper. Um, they are leading you back to where Grunwald, Krog, and Jewel are blasting zombies away in front of this large um, inn of which Elros is on the top just kind of shooting and raining arrows down on, on everything he can. So you guys, as you make your way up the um, set of wooden stairs towards the doors to the, the inn, the horde just is not stopping. They are filling in the gaps behind you as you guys are running. They're they're clamoring um, towards these stairs, towards the walls of which Stein is urging you all to get inside. Indigo pops back in. Hold them off for just a sec. I, I gotta concentrate here. You, you guys, get out there. I need you to hold them off for just a second for me. And suddenly, Avador, you burp. <laughs> And Jack, you burp. And both of you, all of a sudden, can taste that magical curry you had several days ago. And you feel a little different. Jack, you suddenly feel very light. Like like the wind could just blow you away. And, And when you look down, you can see you're actually hovering above the ground by several feet. Not exactly hovering. You're flying. Oh, God, we shouldn't have had that fizzy lifting drink. You you try to fly a little bit to the right, and you end up 
way farther than you meant to. And Avador, your skin suddenly feels really tight and itchy and, and kind of bloated like it's expanding. And actually it is. And it's getting harder and scaled. And your tail is growing larger and longer. And you feel like your your neck and your face is, is stretching like it's elongating. And it's like when you shapeshift, but you definitely didn't cast a spell to do this. You feel something loosen in your back, like, like when something kind of pops just right and it feels good. It feels free. And Avatar, you now see your large, clawed feet leaving the ground. And you can hear the great wings of your back flapping in rhythm and red crimson scales glittering with golden flecks like flares from the sun and a puff of fire escapes your mouth just for a second and you realize you're a fucking dragon and it's time to party Thanks for listening to this episode of Party in Peril. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends or friends on social media and use the hashtag NerdSloth so we can thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, all those things that can help out the show. It's like rolling a nat 20 every time. See you next episode. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, catch us on YouTube and Twitch or visit us at nerdsloth.com.